0: Welcome to the Hello Beautiful Podcast. I'm your host, Math Roberto, and I want to thank you for being here. Remember to rate, share, and subscribe if you like today's episode. This is a space of women empowering women, and in today's episode, we are chatting with one of my favorite humans on the planet, my auntie, Nina Roberto, who has so much wisdom to share. From overcoming infidelity in relationships, to being diagnosed with cancer at the young age of 40, and then learning how to walk away from it all in order to live in alignment with her true, authentic self. Nina is here sharing so many tips on how she stepped into that best version, you know, the one we all deserve to be. This episode is just so good. So on that note, let's get to it. Nina, I have to say you are one of my absolute favorite okay, people stop. on this planet. <laughs> no, it's so true. You have been such a guiding post throughout my life and you have taught me so much and probably the closest thing to a mentor that I have had sort of throughout my life. So I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh my goodness. Tell us a bit about yourself.
1: Okay. Well, I was born and raised in Thunder Bay, Ontario, as you were. I had a pretty normal childhood, normal upbringing, two immigrant Italian parents that adored me and I had older brothers, one of them being your father, of course, that really mentored me and took care of me. And I had this wonderful childhood and they gave me a lot of confidence. And you know, as I grew up, I met uh, the man that I I married when I was 18. Mm And, you know, he was this tall, good-looking athlete, and... You went away to university together, mm-hmm. you yeah. went to Western, went to and... to Western, and when I came back to Thunder Bay after I graduated... Um, I don't know. My parents were quite, you know, they were strict Italian parents. And we just decided to get married. And I, I don't know if it was just because I needed some more freedom. I don't know. But we got married at the age of 23. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we had three children together uh, when I was 25, 27. And by my 30th birthday, I had my third child. Right. We started businesses together and everything was quite wonderful. I mean, I lived in Thunder Bay with my extended family, you, your, your brothers and sisters, everyone and had these successful businesses. But what ended up happening very slowly, this chipping away at the marriage, it started to really change. I found that there was an indifference towards me. Right. Mm. And I was getting attention from everyone else but the person I wanted the attention from and after years and years and years of that, you feel very invisible, mm. right? And to the outside world, everyone saw this power couple, you know, great children, successful businesses, big house, cars, everything that people think makes someone successful. And makes someone happy. And makes someone happy, exactly. And you know, because you, you saw behind the scenes, that I was so sad inside, it was and almost like there was an emptiness
0: within, mm-hmm. like all of these other things were filling you. And then you go back in and the one person that
1: you wanted to be there to sort of... Be a best friend be and your best friend and be that. Mm-hmm. It just, it just... I was very lonely. Mm-hmm. And what started happening is the walls just started to cave in in my life. And I felt, because I lived in Thunder Bay, right? It wasn't like you could drive an hour and be in another big city, in a big city or something. You know, it's very isolated. So I just felt like all the walls are constantly caving in on me. And no one would understand my unhappiness because I had everything that made somebody happy, and people were looking at you almost like, "Well, what do you have
0: to complain about? Yeah, like, what's, exactly. wrong what's wrong like, with you? Like, like you got to get your head checked. Like, exactly. what's wrong with you?" But meanwhile, it wasn't a problem with your head; it was your heart. There was something within you that was just like,
1: right. And you know what I would say, Samantha? I would say, "This is killing me. That is." something that I just kept saying oh this is killing me and I'd speak to my ex and say if you don't want to be with me let me go for some reason I felt like I needed him to do it his permission yeah yeah which is very strange right because I'm a strong woman but I was just let me go don't just keep me here because I I didn't want I didn't want to be the one to leave because Mm. I would have felt very guilty Mm. because people would look at me and I didn't want people to not like me because of that because everyone loved you know the facade that we had and and
0: It's the fear of pulling the pin, like being the one to actually pull the pin
1: and to cause that whole facade.
0: She left him. She ruined the
1: family, especially you know we're Italian, Italian descent. She broke apart the family. It's her, right? And you think of the in laws. I mean, I'm sure everyone could relate to that with divorce. So I felt like I needed permission, and I would say, "You're making me sick. This is making me sick." And then you know what happened? Well, I found out about a few instances of infidelity. Okay, so so then what happened? You were in the situation where you were feeling like you're caving in and all this. What ended up happening? Eventually, he. I found out about a couple of affairs and that really shattered my world because you think, well, if you don't want to be with me, let me go. Don't do that. And let's try to keep this facade together. I mean, this, it just didn't make sense to me. It really shattered me. And literally a month after this happened, I felt the lump in my breast. Mm. And that's where that journey became, you know, began of my breast cancer journey. And I really feel that I manifested breast cancer Mm. by saying these things.
0: And it's not even that you manifested it by saying it. It's that. Your intuition saw the signs, but the way you were feeling in the relationship maybe might have manifested it, and you were actually catching yourself, like saying, I'm going to get sick. Right. But you didn't listen to those, you know, like no. reverse that.
1: My goodness, I never thought of, that, of it that way. I thought my, I was calling it in.
0: Calling it in, but maybe the feeling of being there was manifesting it, mm-hmm. and
1: those, you were just observing it, but you didn't connect those two dots. Maybe. Maybe. But it was almost like everything just happened back to back, because I ended up taking him back. Yep very quickly right Mm -hmm. because again that guilt the kids the house you know and all of a sudden he was the bad one not me right and you know what in a way I'm glad we were together at that point because when I did get diagnosed with breast cancer and it was an aggressive breast form of breast cancer it was more helpful that he was there just to help with the children so I went through that battle as you know I had a lumpectomy and went through chemotherapy I had a skin sparing double mastectomy, and then a radiation at the end. So I had the whole thing. And
0: how long was your treatment? Like, how long was that process? The whole thing
1: lasted about a year. About a year of Mm -hmm. treatment. Mm -hmm. A year of treatment, yeah.
0: And one thing that I remember for you is that when you first went into chemo,
1: tell our listeners what you did. All right, that's right. So the night before chemotherapy, I remember... You know, my husband went to bed and I went into my washroom and it was kind of like I didn't want to go to sleep Mm. because I thought, oh my goodness, once I go to sleep, I have to wake up and it's time for chemo, my first chemo. And I knew that, that this transformation would happen with me where I would never be the same again. Once that started, like I will look different physically. The hair would start to go, your breasts will look different, right? The whole thing. So I remember being in my bathroom, and then for some strange reason, I don't know why I did this, but I took a selfie Mm. because I want to capture that. And then, and I was actually sitting on the bathroom floor when I did that. I posted on Facebook with a message to women and people out there saying, this is, you know, telling my story, you know, to check themselves. I never thought this could happen to me. Um, We're not invincible. And then I went to sleep. Then the next morning I woke up. And I realized what I had done, and was so vulner- vulnerable in this post. So I reached for my phone and I said to my husband, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this." And when I reached to my phone and looked at it, and and to erase this post, this Facebook post, and I saw just hundreds, of, like just messages and shares and this outpouring of love to me. Like, and I had this, I don't know why, but I had this feeling that people didn't like me for some strange reason. Mm. That I was always the bad one. It's
0: the inner critic that lives in our head, right? And you always kind of
1: like... Right. yourself down and think certain things and... Yeah, so I I thought that I was the bad one, so this outpouring of love, I thought, wow, this is incredible. So I was going to go into chemotherapy with sweats on and, you know, just be comfortable. And I went, no way I'm going to go into chemo. I'm going to say like a boss. And I, I, I just, I looked good. I put my makeup on, I wore heels and I walked in there just going, let's do this. And that was that. And unfortunately it brought me to my, my knees pretty quickly because three hours after that first chemo session, I, I, I couldn't lift my arms. Gosh. I was, I was out of commission straight for nine days straight until yeah. my hair started to fall out
0: but you maintained you wore your heels I did to chemo every single mm-hmm. time you went yeah. in mm-hmm. it was your little symbolic cue to have in there that you were going to yeah. win this just you watch were, me mm-hmm. just watch
1: me I am going to overcome this mm-hmm. and be more powerful
0: 100%. on the other side
1: There's these little things that you can do for yourself yeah. right And at that point, I just started to speak goodness over myself. I am healthy. I am healthy. I said that so many times. I actually would say in the name of Jesus, I am healthy over and over and over. I had it as my screensaver. I had notes on my walls. And I actually started to inspire women at that point. I realized the power of the internet being raw and authentic and true and how many people I helped. And since then, I cannot tell you how many women Mm. have reached out to me about breast cancer Or that said, Nina, you've always inspired me and given me strength, or like that. And that, I realized, like, I loved that feeling of being able to give and help other women. It's my passion now, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing our
0: own vulnerabilities, our own insecurities, our own struggles, sharing. You don't know who's going to hear that message or who you can help or who needs to hear that in that moment, the impact that you can have.
1: So it's very, very powerful
0: being vulnerable and open and putting yourself out there it's scary like you wanted to delete
1: the message I, I went to delete it I swear and you know I'm glad I didn't wake up in the middle of the night before people read it because yeah. I probably would have deleted it yeah but I can't tell you I've never had anything being shared so many times okay so what was your experience of going through breast cancer like I'm really glad that at the time when I was diagnosed I didn't know what I was going to go through really you don't really know until you go through it Um, you know the lumpectomy I was still okay but I think chemotherapy was the first step of transformation right and I remember the day that my hair fell out and my friends came to visit me I remember sitting having a tea with them and I just kind of flicked I had long hair and I kind of flicked my hair and then all of a sudden, they, you could see all this hair in my hands. And my friends, everyone was mortified. Nobody knew what to do. Everyone just looked because it was like, oh, my gosh, this is it. So then I went with my other hand. Like, I flicked the other side, and more hair came out. And then my daughter, Capri, came by behind me. She said, Mom, what? Why well, you have hair all over your back, right? So I guess it's I started shedding. And I remember at that time... All I could think about is I wanted everyone to leave. Mm. I was trying to be nice. I tried to make no big deal. I guess it started, right? My my I remember my friends all had tears in their eyes. Like, no, it was awkward. Nobody knew what to do. Nobody knew what to say. Like, this was happening. And so for me, losing my hair, before you have breast cancer or any kind of cancer, I'm sure that's one of the first questions. That's one of the first questions I asked. Sort of, am I going to live? I asked, am I going to lose my hair? Which is an extremely vain thing, you'd think. When I finally lost it, it wasn't so bad. Like, that part, like, You have so much going on that it's like the least of your worries, right? But I remember, you know, looking at myself in the mirror. I look at myself and there I am bald. I had no eyelashes, no eyebrows. I felt like an alien and I didn't recognize myself. And I had to gain weight because I needed the fat transfer from my stomach right i need that fat to be as much as possible in order to replace my breast tissue with my stomach tissue so i had to gain like 30 pounds and so there i'm gaining weight so you're getting gaining weight and you have no hair and i felt Your I looked, energy is really low and... and 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 you're with a man that you know has already been with, you know what I mean? Like the person that you're supposed to feel sexy and beautiful, and especially you already feel bad about yourself because you've gone through infidelity. And so I just remember that it was like just a bit of a low, but I, I kept going through. I kept moving forward. And you know, and you're full of scars too, right? Mm. It's like your entire body is un, like, I don't want to say unrecognizable, but kind of. You're looking at yourself in the mirror and the image looking back at you, you're like, who are you? Who is this? I felt like I was just, I just hit rock bottom. Uh-huh. And all I wanted to do was live, right? And just get back to my old self. And you just appreciate like silly little things like having just nice fingernails and feeling healthy and not feeling embarrassed. I remember driving to the the border, with my my husband my children and I had a handkerchief on and remember and I was fine we were laughing getting to the border and then when my husband passed the passports over to the border crossing official I burst into tears Mm. because I knew he would look at my photo and then look at me and be like is that her Mm. and you know and in a split second so breast cancer gave me all these moments that you don't expect them to happen you don't um, when I my hair started to grow back and had this little Halle Berry thing going on because it grew back curly. I remember I was um, at a gala in Toronto. It was a fundraiser. My first time back It was for real estate and my hair needed a little trim like just in the back because it started to grow. And I remember when the guy came to cut the back of my hair a little bit, I went back into, oh my gosh, the last time I had my hair cut, my head was shaved mm. and I burst into tears So these unexpected moments happen all throughout breast cancer. There's so many stories like that. But again, those, they defined me. They just gave me strength. I wouldn't, I would not trade it now. Looking back, those whole, all those bad things that happened to me, I just think, 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 thank you for opening my eyes. Thank you for showing me the bottom of the bottom because I don't want to go back there. And I appreciate those experiences. I've learned my lessons. I'm going to live differently now. They really show you
0: what's important. All the stuff that really matters. Mm-hmm. Do you care about the car you drive when yeah. you like you when you're in that kind of state? Do no. you care if you get a, you know bad haircut or do you care no. if you you know the clothes that you're wearing? Like nothing no. matters. It's just you know your relationships, and mm-hmm. having your health. There's nothing more important to me right now than my health. Honestly, it's number one because if you're not healthy. Yeah,
1: You can't help anybody else. No. And mental health is probably even more important because that ties into your body and everything else.
0: And something with you, because it was this physical illness of cancer that sort of got you your mental health of making sure you're living heart-mind alignment moving forward,
1: right? Like it mm-hmm. really propelled you into a space that helped you get into... So true. And And the one thing that people have to realize is that no matter what it's very hard work it is daily consistency routines and work and you can look at someone and they look like they have their life together right even the ones that kind of do they're living their their authentic, you know, authentic life their purpose they're working at it and they're failing all the time so you know when you're failing in a day at something you always have to think i'm not failing i'm just learning Right? There are no failures. they are lessons. Life is just a classroom full of lessons. And whatever blocks you have in your life are not blocks. They're redirections. So you really have got to understand. And once you change your mental state like that and realize, okay, no, I'm I'm doing awesome. I'm learning. This, I, this happened for a reason to teach me something. What is this going to teach me? This person in my life who I'm no longer with, what did they teach me? And it's reframing to gratitude
0: as opposed to say that person did this pointing a finger he Mm. took those years he cheated on me yeah once you reframe it and you can say you know what i'm grateful for this experience i'm grateful i got through this experience i don't know are you at a point where you're grateful
1: you went through cancer absolutely I, I'm, I'm grateful I survived it because I know people that went through it at the same time as me with the same everything surgeries that have not. Mm. So I'm literally living every day in gratitude for surviving. It's been seven years now. My whole thing is when I wake up in the morning, if I'm above ground, it is a successful day. I, I say, thank you thank you thank I'm just really so so grateful I'm grateful for everything like if I had to go through breast cancer to get on the path of my authentic life then that's what I had to do and I had to survive it and you had to go through it it's not like you could go over it you couldn't go around it you can go under you had to go through right and and you know if there are there are any breast cancer patients listening you just focus on what you're going through at the time And just focus on that. And don't worry what's happened 10 steps down the road at this point, right? And the other piece of advice I would give is to question and do your own research. And don't let doctors guilt you in to being vain or feeling vain. Because I remember a surgeon in Thunder Bay saying to me, they want want to cut my breasts right off. Mm. And I went, hell no. Because I'm going to come out of this. And I want to look good. I want the results to be the best possible and so i did my research and i remember the surgeon almost trying to guilt me into well just take every take the cancer out and we'll deal about you know looking pretty after mm. and i went no thank you and so i got a skin sparing right and there's still like you know there's still scars there's still all that but i knew by gaining out that 30 pounds that would right i had to do other things so a lot of women out there feel guilted yeah into being you know, into having to cut their breasts off. And in today's day and age you do not have to do that anymore. Well
0: and with the power of the internet, you may as well check other options, get a second opinion and really make decisions that are for you. Not just doing what
1: this one doctor said I have to do, X, right. Y, Z fear always popping its head back in absolutely you have these women that are afraid to put themselves and their the way that they're going to look before anything they, then they come across as vain and I remember that doctor making me feel guilty. and I'm thinking I'm a strong woman and he's making me feel like this imagine all the women that are so scared you're so vulnerable at that point you're in that doctor's office saying please I just want to survive if the only way to survive is to cut my breasts off okay right and then boom they do it and you know what there's a lot of regret after mm-hmm and well you hope you do survive if you do survive and you hopefully do um then you're trying to go back to normal and already there's this different sense of normal in your life you're not the same and every time you look in the mirror and you see scars right yeah i guess it's taking that
0: power back and really making the decisions that are best for you in the moment and for some women that might be the best decision like they might choose and say take it all off or do it this way and but it's taking that space between such a critically vulnerable moment when you have this like boom you have cancer you got to do xyz taking the space and saying okay
1: what is going to be the best direction for me right and what a wonderful way to think already thinking about the recovery yeah right before you're going in there you you say well i'm going to be great so i want to look as good as possible at the end so take this out but i want to look my best right and another example of that, Samantha, if you could remember, when I had a scar from hip to hip, right? Yep. That's where they took, you know, the fat for and the tissue for my, my breast tissue. I thought I was going to rock this scar on across my, you know, right from hip to hip. And I remember wearing... A bikini I was in the on a beach in Cuba with my family and I cannot tell you how many people actually asked me did you get a tummy tuck Because <laughs> they saw my scar and I thought I'm gonna rock this cancer thing I'm a survivor right I actually came back to Toronto and I said alright I'm gonna take my pa- this power back I'm gonna own this and I walked into a tattoo parlor and I found this female Cuban tattoo artist who is amazing and I said, I'm going to come in. I, I'm going to do this in one shot, and I can only do this once. I will not come back. About four and a half hours later, I had this beautiful tattoo from hip to hip. And now when Nina walks on a beach in a two-piece, people are like, girl, you're badass. Look at that tattoo. <laughs> and you know how that makes me feel? I feel like, yeah, I'm winning the game. Mm. It's my mental state. It's like I'm a fighter. I'm going to own it. I'm going to take my power back. Taking that power back. So it's a, it's an important lesson that can actually diffuse into so many other Right areas so many lessons have come from breast cancer mm. so many I can't tell you so I mean how can I not be grateful for that experience So all these years later you're healthy
0: and beautiful and you've obviously won your battle with breast cancer but tell me um, what are some of the big lessons that you faced during that time
1: right so one lesson that i realized that i learned was the world does not stop for you when you are diagnosed with breast cancer or any kind of you know major disease like you really think oh my goodness how like my life's going to fall apart everyone's life's going to fall apart well, your life stops and things change, but people really continue on their day, right? Like it just, mm-hmm. my children were still doing the things that they did, but just other people would bring them. And I, I remember laying there May 24th, a long weekend, and I was alone and staring up at the chandelier in my room, like usual. And my friend came to visit me and I just realized while well, my parents, you know, they're out swimming, my kids are at the cottage with my ex everyone's got their life going on and the world still keeps going so that was a big lesson just in realizing wow okay I've got to live for me I have to live for me having breast cancer when I look back it gave me courage and it made me a little bit more fearless because why not why not try things so ultimately having breast cancer got, gave me the courage to move to Toronto to actually leave my husband event you know just everything I do now I've switched careers all those things There's a lot of opportunities and good things that came out of me getting breast cancer. So, you know, my daughter, when she was 12 years old, she wrote a song called Hope, which totally launched her musical career and her passions. And I just realized that sometimes the universe gives you what you want, but not the way you want it, Mm. the path. So I always internally wanted to get out of Thunder Bay. I always wanted to live in Toronto or a big city. I knew in my heart I had to leave my marriage. I was not happy. So there's things that I wanted. I had to get breast cancer in order to get those things. That was the vehicle that I was given in order to give me the strength to do that.
0: You were resisting those things so much because you didn't want to shatter that
1: and I illusion. That's right. I needed something drastic to happen in order for me to really open my eyes. And then the
0: minute that that happened, that you faced the illness the way that you did,
1: it was like
0: mortality motivation. Mm-hmm. You've got one life. Yeah. Look in the mirror. How do you want to live it?
1: Right? I could be dead tomorrow. So why should I stay here and be unhappy? Why should you live for everybody else's opinions? What do I have to lose? And I say that a lot. What do I have to lose? And the one saying that I always say is leap and the net will appear. Sometimes you have to have that faith. It's going to work out. And today I still say that it's always just going to work out. And it does. And in the moment,
0: sometimes you can't really realize it. Mm -hmm. You don't really know. You're like, oh my gosh, why are these things happening? But at this moment right
1: here, right now, you can look behind you and connect all those dots. Right, and and most people, I I realized and I could see this, they are just so paralyzed by fear. And I was one of those people. I stayed ten years too long. I did everything everyone else wanted because I feared judgment, fear, 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 fear. Now I'm trying to live fearless because what do I have to lose? Because it's gonna work out. Yeah. And if you flip it, what can I gain?
0: What experiences can I have? The people that I can meet, like how colorful can life be when you start
1: flipping it that way? And instead of focusing on what you could lose, it's like, well, what can you get? Absolutely. Sometimes you don't realize in the moment, but it's exactly it. So I really feel the universe gave me that experience to make me better and to be able to help and inspire women because that is like my passion
0: and for you it propelled you into this whole other life so how did you get from
1: Thunder Bay to Toronto how did that happen okay like I mentioned before my daughter Capri at 12 years old she wrote a song called hope and it kind of went viral there was a video that you know her teacher filmed her singing it as you remember and it just started to go around the world she said got to sing with Nellie Furtado on stage she traveled to California and performed there and it was just this crazy thing so she ended up auditioning for the Etobicoke School of the Arts in Toronto and she got in And it was like my ticket out, and I didn't know how it was going to work. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I said we're going to do this. And at that point, I was still married, and I had we had worked. You know, I'd worked with my husband at that time that we were all going to move as a family. Unfortunately, so I moved with my daughters first, so my my son could uh, finish his last year of high school in Thunder Bay, and my ex stayed with him. And unfortunately, again, um, there was another incident of infidelity. But this time, I was living in Toronto. And I had the courage. And you were healthy. I was healthy. You'd gone through breast cancer. You were alive. Yeah. So when it happened, you it just, just gave me the strength to say, no, I'm I'm, I'm walking.
0: Well, and the interesting thing about this is that I feel like so many people can have excuses. I can't start this new job or quit or move because I've got my kids and I've got this and I got that. And you're a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Like you had your kids in Thunder Bay. You mm-hmm. had them in school. You had your, your family there. But all you my just, friends. All of your friends. Everything was like rooted there. And mm-hmm. you just said, you know what? Your heart was telling you to go and when the universe gave you the card of Capri getting into
1: that school, mm-hmm. it was like, you know what, this is it, this is a chance, we're gonna go. That's right. And as you know, I also had a very successful business as a realtor in Thunder Bay. Like people thought I was insane to walk away from that. I had I had everything, I had money, everything And I walked away from everything to start from scratch. And the
0: important thing to highlight here is that even though you had the money,
1: even though you had the house, even though you had the cars and you could go on the trips and whatever, there was something missing. Mm -hmm. If your heart's not happy, like nothing else really matters. It's it's just so true. What's the point of having all these things and just not being fulfilled? Do we really think that... Next purse or that mm-hmm. next trip or that next thing's going to fulfill you yeah. or is there something else there? At the end of the day, you have to go to bed with yourself and and really face the reality of what truly makes someone happy. So, how has life been in Toronto for you? Tell me, how does it g- feel to go on this new adventure? I I feel like I'm this pioneer woman, right? <laughs> and even though I've gone through so many hardships here, like as you know, when I came here, I started I had to start from scratch in real estate. Uh, then I got headhunted by a company and worked in Silicon Valley for two years or worked, you know, they were stationed in Silicon Valley. But so many opportunities. And, I, you know, when I did that and switched my careers from real estate to a sales executive for this company, one thing, that was a perfect example of me being fearless again. The security of, oh, well, geez, I, I know real estate really well. But I thought, again, leap in the net will appear. What? Is the worst thing that can happen it's going to work out and I did it I could always go back into real estate just I gotta go I could always work move back to Thunder Bay and you just move forward and you just say you know this opportunity was put in front of me for a reason and I'm gonna go with it and I'm just in flow and it's going to happen and I've had plenty of hardships but really I feel alive here when I used to say "I I feel like I'm dying I don't ever say that anymore I actually feel alive I feel so blessed by all the opportunities and just sometimes silly things like riding the subway, like silly things like that. I could be in a car driving, but sometimes I just want to ride the subway and, and watch people and just be happy. And I'm sincerely happy. -hmm. By choice. And I don't think you could put a dollar on that, right? No, no. I mean, I've had to start from scratch. I've had to start dating. I've had to, right? But it's all been adventures, and all those experiences made me a better person, a better version Mm -hmm. of myself. I'm constantly, this constant, like, evolvement into the best version of myself a new relationship a new career a new you know group of friends it's just everything it's right reinventing yourself in a way and at at any point you can do it I feel like right now I'm the most authentic version of myself I've ever been and I'm 47 years old that's powerful it is that's really really powerful yeah it chokes me up almost like you have to go through
0: this deconstruction because so many people build their lives on the the get caught up in the you know go to school go to university find a husband get married have kids but you don't really take the time to really find out who you are mm-hmm. and find that alignment to be able to make sure that
1: you are building life in the direction that you really want to go so 100%. i don't know if I, I i mentioned this to you before but one of the things that i like to do is and it's an exercise i did with myself and i get you know my clients to do this too is write a list of 25 things that make you happy that bring you joy that really get you going and when you sit that with yourself and do that it's very powerful cuz it really directs you mm. what makes you happy and one of the things on my list was salsa dancing and 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 that's something that, as you know now, I've gotten into, which, again, makes me feel alive. I said, with this list of 25 things, okay, if this makes me happy and I want to be happier every day and live my authentic life, I need to do more things on this list or experience more things on this list. My children's laughter is it one, was one of the things. So I want to make sure that I'm laughing with my children every, mm. every day, right? So it's not just material things or activities. It's things like that, too.
0: And by writing it down... It highlights it, and it's setting that intention so that you
1: sort of have that. Do you think it helps? One hundred percent. Yeah, keeps you focused on. And then you can add things to it, other things, because as you experience life, new you find you find out new things that make you happy again. Yeah. Like I'm happy walking on the beach, being near the water. I know that that's something that's very strong in me. So I know that I'm going to line my life by by doing that. Right. Trying to get a bit of that every day or every couple of days, or eventually live by the water. So you are a woman who has been able to reinvent
0: yourself and walk away from security, start fresh and do all this.
1: What is happening and what is new with you now? Okay, well you know I changed careers from real estate and I got hired by that company in Silicon Valley. It was a sales executive job that I worked for 2 years and at first it was great, right? That honeymoon period. But then after a while, I remember, I remember last year being in Bali. With my children, and I had to wake up really early to send emails back to Canada or in the States. And I was miserable. I was doing this, I was typing on my my laptop, returning emails, thinking, what? I'm so unhappy now at this job. I don't know why. It's just not for me. It's just. This job didn't make that list of 25 things. It (laughs) didn't make the list. It did at first, and I got a lot of great things out of this job, but I was not happy. And I remember I was sitting in this beautiful garden in Ubud. this beautiful hotel and it's just waterfalls and goddess statues everywhere. And I thought, Oh, this is so Zen. Like, and I said, God, what am I going to do? Like, I'm so not happy. And all of a sudden, and I kid you not, an earthquake hit. And I think I have it on video. I think I actually posted it. I was like, oh my gosh, I think an earthquake's hitting. (laughs) And I stopped and then it hit again, right? It was was a small earthquake, but I looked up into the heavens and I said, I hear you. And at that moment, I knew I had to quit my job. So I had to wait strategically till October, but I did and I I quit. And you know what? It was just, it was scary because I had nothing to go to. It was either I go back into real estate, which I kind of really didn't want to do and then I had to make that list again what am I good at what do I love what makes me happy if I want to be happy in a a job in a career what makes me happy and really like top of my list was helping women get through their struggles through breast cancer I've been doing it since I was diagnosed when I was still going through my treatment I was I was helping other women it was like my passion that makes me happy if I can have a career in doing that then that will make me fulfilled it was my purpose for surviving. And I may not make as much money as I used to. I mean, I used to make a lot of money in real estate. And even the cushiony sales exec job was good money. The benefits, the, the perks, benefits. the credit card, the stuff oh, you get. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I missed that credit card. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that, the car allowance, the, you know, it just went on and on. I walked from away from it all and sometimes I do think I'm crazy. I do because I think, why did I do that, right? Um, but but she, but she leaped. I leaped, and that's where I am now. Where I'm launching, you know, like a boss coaching, and coaching breast cancer patients and even other women just to get through all their struggles and and let them see the beauty that they have inside them and where they can go and that that they always had the power inside it's always been there you just have to tap into and believe in yourself and sometimes you need you need somebody there that's guiding you and said listen i got you i know this is my story you know we we can do this these are the steps that i took Mm -hmm. or this is what you can do it's almost like Mm -hmm. that bird's eye view there's tools there's actual tools there's things that you can do to get through anything
0: wow Mm -hmm. you're the perfect you are like the perfect person for that you know well I'm authentically
1: doing it you're authentically doing it feels so good I'm in such a I just if anything like I just feel happy with the simplicity of my life and it
0: wasn't a point a point b straight line to get here
1: (laughs) that roller coaster of life And the tests that it gave you. but So many tests. Sometimes I just think, when is it going to end? Please stop. (laughs) I I don't want to be tested anymore. But, you know, again, I get through it and I think, okay, every time it just makes me stronger and stronger. And then you live with that conviction of, yes, no, no, this is how this has to happen. You can do this, right? Everything's bringing me to a point where I know. It's just all gonna come together. Ah, oh, that's so beautiful. Mm, so thank you. on
0: that note, if anybody wants to find you, where can they where can they find Ms.
1: Nina Roberto? Right? Okay, so all my socials are at Nina Roberto. R-U-B-E-R-T-O. Pretty much that's it. Nice. Yeah. Oh well I'm so happy. Thank yes. you for doing this today. It was well, so- I have the best niece in the world. <laughs> I'll just have to tell you, this 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 woman has been there with me through everything and I'm so proud of her. She's like my daughter. Thanks for listening. Again, you can find Nina on Instagram at Nina Roberto
0: and me at Samantha Roberto, that's with a U. Let us know what you think or if you had any questions that we didn't get to. If you enjoyed today's episode or if you think there's someone in your circle who may be at a point where they could benefit from hearing this message, pay it forward please subscribe, share, and rate. And remember, we're all in this together. So let's do our part to be the kindest and lightest versions of ourselves. Let's make this world a better place. Until next time, be you, be beautiful.